Talk to Calvary. And uh, it's, um, it's these 40 days that we're entering into. And believe me, if you give up something that you cherish, and if you put on something that's difficult, those 40 days will become 120. The, the, the longer you try to do that, the more uh, it, will, it will seem you'll think this 40 days are never going to get over. But God wants to deal in the hearts of his people. And um, I think the hour is upon us to receive that which God is saying to the church. He wants us to draw near. <clears throat> now, the purpose and the destination of our walk, we're walking uh, toward Calvary. We're going to walk with Jesus. We're going to see him as he comes triumphantly into Jerusalem and everybody says, hallelujah, praise God. And it was just lip service, you know, because once it was passed and once the suffering began, once uh, the, the persecution began, then they, then they were the same ones that mocked him as they, as, he, as they crucified him. So this is a special journey and uh, this is the destination. I'm going to tell you the destination so that you know where you're headed. It's found in Luke 23, 33 through 34. And it says, when they, went, when they were come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified Jesus. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is our destination. Two destinations. One, the place of crucifixion. And two, the place where we give up those who have hurt us and we say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This is our journey. This is the Lent season. It ends in resurrection. I don't like to say Easter, but you can say Easter. That's okay. But it is resurrection. It is the glorious end to this long 40 days of fasting and meditating upon the suffering of Christ. The challenge comes from uh, Luke from Leviticus 26.3. This is the challenge. It's an Old Testament challenge. Same good is same as good today. And it, it is what God commands of his people. And it hasn't changed any. It's just filled with grace. It's the same, it's the same uh, call from the heart of God as it was in the Old Testament. And it's Le- Leviticus 26.3. This is our challenge. If we walk in my statutes, and keep my commandments, and do them. Then verse 12 says, I will walk among you, and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. God is calling in this hour for his people to humble themselves and pray. He's calling for his people to understand his statutes, his laws, his heart, the things that he wants from us. We don't have to uh, bow to the law anymore because he fulfilled the law. But in him is the law, and these are the things that he required. And so we look at this today that if we walk in his statutes, if we follow his commandments and do them, then he will walk among you. And that's our greatest desire, isn't it? That he will walk among us. The season begins solemn. It, uh, somebody said, well, I went to church to get happy. Well, we're going to get happy at the end of 40 days, you know, because this is the time that we are going to take stock of our life. 
I don't know about you, but I just live every day and I do everything I have to do in that day. And every day is busy. How about your day? You know, you have things to do. And and we don't often think about the suffering of Christ. We don't often think about what he did for us and what we are as a Christian. You know, we're bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, sometimes we forget to walk that way because we're in caught up in the fleshly ways of our life. And uh, so Jesus was in the flesh. He understands that, and he gives us grace and mercy. But this this season, it seems like it's, you know, it's it's a sad season, and it is a sad season. But it's a glorious season because Jesus is going to pay the price for our salvation. And at the end, when we when we... Uh, remember resurrection, the resurrection is the promise of life after death. It's the greatest promise. It's in the word of God. If he, if he lives, we too shall live. He went through the bowels of the grave and he went through death and he lives. So church, we don't have to be concerned about death because if we're in Christ, we are going to live. And that's the highest thing in this season. The season ends with glory and power and praise and life. And he says if, if we believe in him, then we have life in him. So the season it ends in highest praise. We pass through the sad things. We pass through the, the sacrificial offerings of, of our discipline and those kinds of things. And then we come to the, the promise, the greatest promise of all, the promise of eternal life. So I will continue to list some of these things in the bulletins as we go along, and I encourage you to keep this bulletin close to your bedside table. Read these scriptures because these scriptures will cause you to continue to stay in line for your commitment to Christ uh, in this season, and also it will tell you what's happening uh, daily uh, as as we come to the conclusion. It It tells you the things that are going on. So let's look at Romans 8:27 and 29. The Lord searches the heart. Sometimes I wish I could see the heart so I could know exactly what to preach. But I don't see the heart, only God sees the heart. And so if we if we will read this passage of scripture which tells us that the Lord searches the heart and he knows what is the mind of the spirit. He knows what's in our heart. He knows how we treat the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And he searches our heart. And why does he do that? Because the Spirit makes intercession for us. He searches our heart to see what we have need of and to bless us and to, to sp- speak to us. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This morning, he made intercession for this service. He made intercession for your life as you made a commitment to him. He he is there beside the Father praying for you. I don't know how he can keep track of everybody today, but he he kept track of us and he saw us in the altar and he saw us as we meditated and he saw us if we took on a discipline and if we're not sure yet what to do, if you ask him, he'll promise you, he'll tell you. So the scripture goes on to say, he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When we do it, we do it according to what we want. But when he does it, he does it according to his will. Verse 28 says, and everybody probably knows this, that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. He did foreknow us. We we were in eternity before we were born. 
he knew he did foreknow us and he did press, uh, uh, predestine us to be conformed to the image of his son. We're not just saved. We're conformed to the image of Christ. And that's why we need to act like it, live like it, and pursue the image of Christ in our life. We have to pursue it because we live in the flesh. So First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ concerning you. You go through difficulties and you question God, and it's okay to talk to God. But when you go through a difficulty, you say, Lord, why, why me? Why is this happening to me? You know, uh, Sometimes we say somebody gets a, a serious situation in their heart and they have a whole list of reasons why they should not go through that. But the Bible says that in everything we have to give thanks. And that's hard to do, to give thanks in every crisis that comes to our life. But if we will do that, we will grow in Christ and we will... We will be stronger and more powerful if we can do that. And I challenge you this morning to do that. As Jesus says to the Father, he says, Not my will, but thine be done. This is something that we as his Christians have to deal with. We like our own way. I I like my own way, church. You know, we like to do our own thing. We like it our own way. I like my space. Anybody like your space? You know, we, we, we we are willful in our flesh and that's our challenge to overcome the flesh and to be obedient to the cause of Christ and to the voice of Christ in our life there are gifts of the spirit in this congregation but why don't they work because sometimes our will just wills us not to do that there are also times when God wants to deal with us you know I'm looking for the day when we have audible praise in this house Because I tell you, heaven's not going to be quiet, church. Heaven's not going to be quiet at all. You're going to hear every sound that is possibly to be made in heaven. Because all of heaven is going to rejoice. It says the angels, they they rest not day and night. But what do they do? They cry, holy, holy, holy. That is permeating heaven. It's going all through heaven. And... We need to be a little more audible with God. We need to have a one great voice that is audible, that praises God until it doesn't just come up with one here and one there and one there, but it comes up as one great voice out of this house. And God is so blessed. He cannot discern. He can discern, but, you know, he doesn't look and see the individual, but he sees the whole. There needs to be the sound of heaven. It's it's a whole sound in heaven, church. Trust me. That's what the Bible teaches me anyhow. So we're challenged to hear the voice of the Lord. We're challenged in this 40 days to fast or to take off something, to put on something. We're challenged to grow spiritually. Now, our will just likes to go on and do what it's always done, the only, and the, the way that we always do it, and it wants to, want us to obey our flesh. But this is a season where we obey the voice of God, where we set ourselves to hear His voice, and you won't hear perhaps an audible voice speak to you, but you know, you'll be driving down the highway and something will go through your head like, you know, call call Donnie because he needs to be encouraged. And then and you will never know that that's a Holy Spirit saying that to you. 
but it will be the voice of God speaking in you. He lives in you. He speaks to you. If only the church could hear his voice. If only we could recognize his voice. That's not me talking. You know, the devil never wants you to do anything good. So trust me on that. When something good comes into your mind to do, that's not the devil. It's the Spirit of the Lord prompting you to be a blessing to someone. Speak a word in season. Do a charitable act. Be uh, willing to do what the voice of God says to you. Praises in heaven are going to be so high, you probably will need earplugs. Because all of heaven is going to rejoice as Jesus walks into that throne room and gives his powerful prayers. Well, the praises are high. Sometimes this is like us. We make commitments and we don't keep them. So today I'm challenging you to make a commitment to Christ to put on something, take off something. And then I'm challenging you to do it. (coughs) Excuse me. Sometimes we say it, but we don't do it. You know, sometimes we say, well, what would Jesus do? We should be saying, what does Jesus do? And what shall I do like him? You know, instead of just asking the questions what he would do, we know what he would do. He would be he would be holy and righteous and true and he would answer us and he you know, he would do what the Father says. That's what he would do. We need to follow after him. This is a deeply a spiritual season as we reflect on the gift of salvation. We have this gift that is alive and well and it moves all the time. It didn't just happen at Calvary, but once we received it, it is a life-giving gift moving throughout us. It's placed on the church calendar by our forefathers. I don't know the history of that, but it's been on the church calendar forever. Some churches receive it and do it. Other churches don't. The purpose of the church calendar is to commemorate Christ throughout the year. Sometimes the churches get caught up in in, um, fundraisers and building a building and all those things. We did that in 2000, you know, and I had to keep focus that while we were building, that we were building with purpose. We were building with spiritual things and not just building till we would have that area uh, to, to work in. So I want to say to the church today that the promise of the greatest thing in your life, which is eternal life, is in this season. Because Christ made it to Calvary, because he willed himself to the Father, because he did the Father's plan, and everyone here knows this, he became the author of eternal life. How awesome is that, church? I pray that God gives us a fresh revelation of Jesus and a fresh revelation of his suffering and a fresh revelation of who he wants us to be. And he doesn't want us to be like each other. He wants us to be like him. And that means we can be any way he chooses us to be. We just have to be what he says. And it's that's so important. So as we take off something, put on something, I really think a fast is great because the fast affects our flesh. You know, and when we take off something that we like, like sugar, (laughs) for me, uh, maybe it's coffee for you, maybe it's something far related to those things. But when you take that off, you notice 
something's going on in your life. And that's what we want you to see in this season of God. Now, in Nehemiah, you know, he was building a building. And when things didn't go right, he knelt and prayed. You can look in Nehemiah 1 and read it this week. He wept, he mourned, and then he fasted. The weeping didn't get it, the mourning didn't get it, but the fasting got the victory. And if you want victory in your life, you give up something that you really want victory over in your life, you can do it by fasting. And I tell you something, 21 days of fasting, which this is going to be 40 days, 21 days of fasting will make a new discipline in your life. So, you know, if there's something that you want to change in your life and you practice that for 21 days, I promise you that when you're done, you'll be okay with it. Um, I always remember Dorothy, who was a terrible coffee drinker, and she gave it up. Uh, was it? it was coffee, wasn't it? And, uh, I mean, she drank all day, you know, just coffee. And uh, so she was challenged to give that up for Lent, and she never drank a cup of coffee after that. Now, that's not the purpose, but that was a good purpose because that's healthy not to drink so much coffee. Maybe people have a smoking habit. You can, in 21 days, you can break that. You can give that to God and it'll change it. So, uh, Nehemiah 1 is a good place to read if you're having difficulties. Jonah 3 is a good place to go. The people of Nineveh, Jonah went and and prophesied to Nineveh. You know about Nineveh. Everybody knows the story of the big fish. And um, <clears throat> they fasted. The prophet prophesied. We've had a couple here the last couple of weeks. And the prophet prophesied and the people responded to the prophetic word in Jonah's day called Nineveh. And they repented in, in sackcloth and ashes. There we have the ashes. And ashes is all through scripture, especially Old Testament. And um, they, they fasted in sackcloth and ashes, and God gave that land of Nineveh victory. What is it that you want victory in your life for today? There must be something in your life that you desire God to do to bring changes to your life. Changes for your health, changes for your spirit, changes for your body. You know, some, there's changes. And God wants to minister to you through the fasting. So, because Jonah prophesied, Jonah, you know, he ended up under the gourd and the gourd wilted because he was he was not of a good spirit. But the prophecy worked and the people got on their knees and prayed and mourned and fasted and God changed Nineveh and saved Nineveh for many, many years until they fell into the sin again. So maybe it's missing a meal. Maybe during that meal that you miss, you pray. You just go to the to the lunchroom and pray or you go to your car and for that lunch period of time you pray and you ask God to work in your life and to build you uh, greater for the kingdom of God. This is important season. So Old and New Testament, they fasted to move the hand of God. And I believe in the New Testament too. Um, I believe it was um, when they chose the disciples that were going to go forth um, who is it that was stoned to death in the New Testament? Acts. Stephen. Okay, so when that happened, you know, they, they, they fasted and they set themselves apart and they sent out to, to minister. So there's fasting, there's ashes, there's forgiveness, there's challenges in the Word of God. 
In John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me. You know, I know that you probably know that scripture, but you got to pull out this little phrase that says, He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. We get into dark situations when we don't follow him. So this is a season to be mindful, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. What spiritual strengths do you desire in your, fa- in your home today or in your family or in your life? What spiritual strength do you desire? Let's start to activate it in our lives. If we follow him, the Bible says in John eight twelve. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Christianity needs the light of life. You know, today there are dark places in Christianity. And guess why God calls us to humble ourselves and to, to pray. First John 1 John 1.7 says, If we walk in the light, this 40 days is to stir the light of Christ in your heart. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, what? We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God is calling the body of Christ to be strengthened and empowered and emboldened. I don't know. Sometimes I look at, a, at, at the church of Jesus Christ at large and I look at all the things that go on and all of the... Um, things that are worldly, that's in the church. And how can we uh, get rid of that worldly spirit? Well, it's when we walk in the light of the Word of God. Now, everybody here, I think you probably read the Bible through, but, you know, maybe you should lay down that piece of paper and just focus on a chapter and read it and, and dissect it and read the side notes and read everything about it and learn more than just reading through the scripture. Because when you do it theologically, when you pick it apart and look at it, there's meat in it for you. You know, and when you read across it, you just read across it, well, that's, 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 that's getting the fruit of it. But, you know, what you need is the meat of the word of God that challenges you for the day ahead. So when we walk in the light, he is in the light and we have fellowship. It amazes me that sometimes churches don't have fellowship. It amazes me that they come to church, they serve God, but they don't fellowship one another, you know. And so God wants us to fellowship one another. John 7, 1 says, after these things, and after these things that we're talking about today, uh, Jesus' 40 days of fasting and those kinds of things, Jesus, um, he began to go about doing good. That's what we'll talk about in these 40 days. But after he went about doing good, he caused a ruckus. You know, his truth began to take root in the hearts of people, and that caused him to be persecuted. When you start to lift up your voice for God in your family or in your neighborhood or in your job, you could easily get persecuted for talking about Christ, especially today. Nobody wants to hear about him. They take his name in vain in front of you. They never used to do that. You know, there used to be respect for the things of God. But Jesus found that there was no respect in the end. After he, had, after he had emptied himself out to them, healed them, prayed for them, did everything that he could for them, promised them eternal life, they've persecuted him. And the Bible says that 
he could not walk. He, had, he couldn't walk among them anymore. He had to go to Galilee, which was a distance away, and he had to walk outside of his people because it was so dangerous they wanted to kill him. Now, if you knew somebody wanted to kill you, could you continue to go on and speak it? Well, in the nations of the world, they still stand up for Jesus, and they are persecuted and sometimes martyred for the cause of the kingdom. I think that Christianity in the U.S. does not take its position in Christ. Uh, um, I, I don't think we take it seriously. I, th- I think that we have got salvation. We think we got eternal life. And we don't know exactly what God is requiring of us. But he will tell you in these 40 days. I pray you that you will give reverent thought uh, to a discipline and to... Uh, consider fasting in these 40 days, some all or part or whatever, and be ready for the changes that God is going to do. There's changes coming down our tube. There's change, not just a tube, our land. You know, the scripture that says humble yourselves, it says if you do that, he'll heal the land. Our land is sick. Our land is corrupted. And the more they do against God, the more we have a pending trouble. So I want to say to the church today, we, not, we need to get ourselves in focus with God. We need to get serious about God. And I think everybody here is serious, but we've got to get more serious. And we need to fast and we need to pray in these 40 days. Seek the face of the Lord. When God says to, to make a phone call, make the phone call. When God says give extra, give extra. Do whatever goes through your mind that God is speaking to you and grow in the grace and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ because this is the season of our Lord's suffering. And he suffered for our eternal life. We have eternal life in him. That's a great gift, church. When I stand at the casket, I had so many funerals, and I just think they're in eternal life if they know Jesus. And then there's some that I stood at and I felt a mourning spirit because I know they did not know Jesus. It's very, it's very important, church, today. If you have gifts, release them. If you have the Holy Spirit, practice it. Let it come forth all the time. You know, don't just keep the one phrase that you received, but release it because God will give you more and more and more. And he'll strengthen you and he'll empower you. You know, get ready for what God wants you to do in these days. Because God is coming. God is sending his son one of these days. We're going to go into eternal life. And then what is done for Christ is all that we can do. So while we have our breath, while we have our energy, let us do for Christ. And let us remember the law. If we do his commandments, if we follow his word, then he will walk with us. I, how many want him to walk with you? How many want to look over at that second seat and see it creased in because he's sitting there? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you today, and this is your holy season for what you have given your life for us. We ask, Lord, that, that, that this word would sink into our spirit, Lord. Father, that you give us the courage to have a discipline for these 40 days, Lord, to remember your suffering and to remember the gift of eternal life, our salvation, O oh God. 
We just thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day that you have created us to live and to do and to be what you've called us to be. We give you thanks and honor. In Jesus' name we ask it. You bring your offerings to Jesus.